This is Agents Influence Podcast. It definitely helps to get some advice from a a tax professional when you're starting out. Taking advantage of every possible tax deduction that you can is key. Understanding, you know, where's that line? Where's the, you know, what's the gray area? What's, you know, what line do I not want to cross? And risk an audit when it comes to uh, to taxes. And, and truly getting a grasp on that. Um, once you sort of understand that and get that set up, you are really going to be setting yourself up for much more success. I'm Jason Cass and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Hey, 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 loyal listeners. Welcome to Agents Influence Conversations with who? Me, Cast Dog. I am here with you, and today I've got a special guest, uh, Miss Laura Adams. Uh, I, I like this, right? This is one of those that... Uh, um, it reached out to me. She has a firm, but I've also kind of seen her on LinkedIn. Um, so I think there might have been some common commonality there. But you may have seen her on NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, NPR, Bloomberg, New York Times. I don't know. Somebody watches one of those uh, channels or if all of them. Uh, so anyways, I'm really excited to have her. She's also uh, has her own podcast, which um, I'm, I'm sorry. What is it? Money Girl? Money Girl. Money Girl. And so we're going to talk about that. Today is finances. Today is keeping things simple so that we can become better. So all the loyal listeners out there know, who is our audience out there, Laura, that insurance agents are terrible business people. Okay, probably a lot of people are terrible business people, right? And we'll talk about that, but I want to also talk about some of the things that, some basic little simple things we can do to start being a better business owner. Sound fair? Love it. Great topic. Hot diggity dog, Miss Adams. All right, here we go. We've got, we start with three questions that everybody's been asked over 600 of these. Are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? I am an iPhone user. Okay, I won't hold that against you. That's okay. That's okay. Now, what's the last app you downloaded? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, I think it was a, a, a shipping app that keeps really? track of all your shipments that you're getting. Um, so because I order so much online, okay. so it keeps uh-huh. track of what I'm getting. It's pretty cool. I like that. You know, and I was just talking to a friend of mine. I mean, I consider myself, Laura, a high-tech person. And he said, um, it's like book it or it's not book it. It's something like reservations.com, right? I can't think of what it is. And he pays like, I think two or three bucks a month for it. And anytime he travels, all he does is forward this email to another email. And it goes into this app. And so anytime he wants to look at any of his travel arrangements, he travels three, four times a month. He can just open up this app and it it has, I mean, if he rented a car, he just forwards it to there and it has all of his travel in it. And I was just like, wow, how nice would that be rather than going to the app of the airline or this or that or going into your email trying to find that. Um, as soon as he gets it, he just forwards it over. I'm thinking, man, I need to get that. See, this yeah, little thing I love that. Ask, right? Yeah, that's fantastic. 
It is. It really truly is. Uh, do you love to win, Laura, or do you hate to lose? Oh, that's a good question. I would say I love to win. Yeah. Yeah. Any reason why? I Gosh, I just tend to keep it on the positive. I tend to look at you know, more of the, the, the advantages and the positive side of things rather than the negative side. So I think it's just a mindset thing. That's right, girlfriend. I'm with you. I, I feel the same exact way. I, it's more of a positive thing. And I work so hard to get that. I have to, I have to give my body that reward. You know what I mean? And then learn, and then the loss is just learning, right? What did we do wrong? What did we do right? How could I have dominated like I have my whole life? Just joking, Laura. Two things in the world have gotten you to where you are to help you dominate this world. We say here as loyal listeners that one is skill and one is luck. Which one would you say has probably been a bigger factor in your life? Oh, man. You know, I would I tend to downplay my skills. So I would probably say luck. But my friends would probably say it's probably more skill. So I think, you know, my own perspective is had great role models, great family, great advantages. So, you know, I tend to see it as a little bit lucky. Yeah. And I love what you said there because uh, you said my friends, um, and I'm just taking notes, my friends say that it would probably be skill, but you say luck. Yep. Here's what I want to ask. See, here's what I want to ask all you loyal listeners. Who feels that same way, right? Sometimes uh, we are talking to our friends and they'll be like, and like, you know, hey, I just got lucky in that situation. I happen to be there. I volunteered for that. So-and-so was happy to be there. I asked him for lunch. And your friends are the first to be like, nah, dude, 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 you got skill. And it's funny how we can sometimes see that um, as meaning it's just opposite of how two people are looking at the same thing, how you internally, who you are, is being seen as something else from the outside from your friends. And I think that's a good thing, right? Because that's like, wow, I didn't realize that I had skill until somebody else helped me see that, you know? That's right. That's exactly it. You kind of need that outside perspective in a lot of cases to, to truly appreciate, you know, how far you come. So that's, yeah, I think that's, that's a great question. And I, I, I love that. Uh, I'll definitely think a little bit more about that now because, um, I want to, I do want to appreciate my skills. I want to be thankful for, for my luck, you know, too, the advantages that I've had, but I don't, you know, I don't want to underplay skills and, and you're right. Nobody should underplay their skills. So Laura, we're here we go going to the next thing of getting to relate to you. Um, take us back to high school, college or whatever, and bring us forward to who you are now in about three to four minutes so that we can kind of relate, get to know who you are as we continue down this road. Yeah, I have always been interested in money. I was one of those kids that wanted to have my own checking account and manage my own money when I was very young. And I always just had a very personal interest in money um, and wanted to understand it. And so I was always reading books and, you know, just trying to figure out investing and saving and budgeting and all of those things. And so when I, I went to school, I actually majored in science. So I think the math part of it was... Uh, allowed me to do well in science. Uh, then I ended up going and getting an MBA in business later on. That wow. was what sparked my interest in finance. And so the personal finance was super interesting to me, but I really thought more about corporate finance. And yeah. when I 
became uh, an avid podcast listener in 2004, 2005, I really, wow. I really decided that I wanted to give back to the community. And so in 2007, I started podcasting about finance topics. It took off. Um, I got invited to join the Quick and Dirty Tips podcast network, and Money Girl started in 2008. So I've been podcasting weekly since then. We've got 680-some shows and have covered just an incredible variety of topics. So, you know, that opportunity led to being able to write a book, which led to being able to do media work, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So that really was a jumping off point for me with my career. Well, that's... It's interesting. You kind of stepped it, right? You just kind of went there and then the business and the finance and it circles back to what you always had a passion for, which is really weird. Um, and, and we say that in a good way, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's unusual. And, and, and that is awesome. Do you, do you think, what do you think was, do you, was it your dad? Was it your mom? Did you have a grandma? I mean, this was just something you just, you woke up one day and you were seven and you're reading finance books, right? <laughs> what was it? <laughs> yeah. I don't think I had an influence from from really anyone. It was really just a personal interest. Now, I will say my parents were very entrepreneurial, have always been entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. Um, they've never worked for anyone else. So I had them as, as very uh, good yeah. business role models. So I think indirectly, they were inspiring me, although they never sat down and said, this is what you do with your money. They really, um, you know, kind of let me take it and run with it as I wanted. Um, but they humored me. They said, sure, we'll give you a checking account. Sure. You can have, you know, manage your money at whatever, 13, 14. And and so they just gave me a lot of room to experiment, manage money the way I wanted to, make some mistakes along the way, and see them as successful role models. You know, I think that's everything, right? And it's uh it's good that they allowed you to blossom like that. Um, you know, here's I've heard this said before, and and I think it goes to the base of it is that the middle school and high schools that we have today are there to train employees. They need people to fall in line. And I don't want to say like zombies when I say fall in line, but they need people to understand what it's like to get up in the morning, work till a certain time. You know, you go to lunch at a certain time, you're committed, you have commitments and goals, all things that we need. But it doesn't teach you how to be an employer. And that's the stuff that we need, right? Yeah. That's the option we don't provide because it's, it's, we don't, and when it comes to the very basics of it, most people have no clue what's the difference between a liability and an asset. They don't have a clue. They think they do. They go buy a four wheeler for $5,000 and they think that's an asset. And that's really not an asset, right? Because it depreciates in value and it costs you money to keep up. Um, so I think when we get to the very basics of it there. So, so Laura, I just hired my son. Okay. He's 22. Um, I told him he needed to go. If he wasn't going to go to college, which he went one year and played um, tennis. The other three years, he went and got different jobs, worked his butt off. And I told him the other day that when I hired him, I wasn't specifically hiring him for a position. I didn't need him to fill a position. I needed him to fill a role of buying me out in five to seven years. And it's time to start learning. And 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 that's the stuff I think it surprised him yesterday. Is like, well, I thought I was going to learn about insurance and stuff. And I had already told him, I'm not hiring you for a role. We need to learn the basics of what risk is. You know, what is a, what is a balance sheet? What is a P&L? He has no clue. 
And those are the things that I think he should have been offered, but you don't really have that choice. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You're so right. I mean, it, you know, it is your right to own a business, to be a business owner. And so I do believe that we are really lacking in that that education. So that's fantastic that you're bringing him in and, and kind of just letting him um, learn what, you know, what is business before you actually get into uh, the, the mm -hmm. nitty gritty of, of your industry, uh, because all of those things are so key. The My latest book is called Money Smart Solopreneur. And I wrote this book because there is a growing number of people who are beginning to do work on the side. They're beginning to use apps to, you know, earn extra income. They're creating extra income for themselves, either full-time or part-time. And I get a lot of questions from people about how do I start? Do I need a license? Do I need to incorporate? What do I do? And for many people, those questions are holding them back from starting their business and, and really, uh, you know, creating the dream that they have for their life. Um, and so my goal with that book was to really break it down from A to Z and showing people, you know, it's not that difficult. You really um, need to make a few decisions up front. But for the most part, I encourage people to just start making a little money. Once you make about $10,000 with whatever you're doing, then you might want to look at, let's dig into the, the business bank account, you know, mm -hmm. looking at the business and insurance, looking at all of these things that they might need to do. Um, but for most people, I encourage them, get started, test your idea, find out if it's viable. You know, do you like the work? Um, all of that good stuff. So building that business, but also building your, your financial future at the same time. Just because you don't have a job doesn't mean you can't save for retirement, right? Doesn't mean you don't have benefits. You can create your own benefits package as your right. own self-employed person, which a lot of people don't realize. They think that there are just not as many options. And thankfully now there, there's a lot of options uh, for getting coverage. So it's a much more friendly world now for solopreneurs and folks that are interested in, in venturing out. And I, I just, I love that. And I hope more people will have the confidence to do that. So, you know, kudos to mm -hmm. you for bringing your son in and, and making him the part of that, that growth beyond you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I say things a lot. I think business owners lose sight of this, Laura, that it's not so much the freedom you get and the assets you are building for yourself and your family, but to think that in 50 to 100 years from now, someone will have bought my business maybe from somebody else and that person and that other person provided their family a great life, right? All because of the things that we're building and we're doing today. I tell my team all the time, it's so much more than the world we're living in today, right? It's so it's what we're building for the future. And whether they thought it or not, the agency owners of the 80s, 90s and early 2000s, they were thinking about that for me, right? And they didn't even know that. And now it's given me a life I never thought I would get. Now, whenever we talk about business owners, we're talking about agency owners specifically, and I hit on the fact that they're very bad business people. Um, and I just say that because it really gets people's attention, right? Because it does, because we all know. And it's not meaning we're bad business owners, means we purposely drive our company into the ground. It's just ignorance. It's lack of knowing something, right? I'm not understanding the basics of how money works. Um, and the reason why, Lori, and I want to get your hit on this, is a lot of insurance agency owners, almost all of them, um, were insurance agents, went to go work for another agency, 
got paid, you know, 50% commission up front, 30% on the, on the renewal, right? And getting paid every year. And this idea came to the agent at, well, if I go and do this on my own, I'll make more money, right? Because now I'm getting that other 50%. I'm getting that other 70%. And it's a lie. It's an absolute lie. Um, the money that I made my very last year, this is almost not true now. I've been saying this for five years. It's almost not true. But the money I made in 2009 before I came an agency owner, Laura, in 2010, I have still yet to bring home that much money. Now, I could because my business, but I'm investing it back in, right? It's I never got that extra money that I thought that I would get because the uh, first two years didn't take any money out of it, right? So I think that that's a little bit of a difference. Maybe other industries are out there like that, but you've got a person who's a born salesperson that now is putting themselves as a business owner. And that sometimes, a lot of times, is a recipe for disaster. Right. Yeah, this is this is a classic issue, a classic problem um, that many salespeople face. If you don't have the right team to kind of supplement your skills, so let's say you're a great salesperson, but you're not a great bookkeeper, you're not that organized, you know, you are not really looking at the details of financial reports, um, then yes, it can be a recipe for disaster. So I think the trick there is always finding folks that have complementary skills to you. You don't need mm -hmm. maybe, you, you know, yes, you maybe need other great salespeople if you're hiring salespeople, but certainly to start out, you need folks that can truly understand the business and uh, keep you organized. Now, maybe you're going to hire a CPA or you may do that um, with contractors. Certainly that's an option too as you get started. Um, but yes, that is definitely a challenge. And mm -hmm. a lot of people underestimate the expenses that they have starting a business, what it's going to cost, you know, to, you know, everything from technology to, you know, these professionals, legal, accounting, all the things that you need. Um, a lot of folks kind of go into that a little blind um, and don't understand, you know, also the taxes that they're going to be paying. Um, so it definitely helps to get some advice from a, a tax professional um, when Absolutely. you're starting out. Taking advantage of every possible tax deduction that you can is key. Understanding, you know, wh where's that line? Where's, you know, what's the gray area? What's, uh, you know, what line do I not want to cross and risk an audit when it comes to, uh, to taxes mm -hmm. and, and truly getting a grasp on that. Um, once you sort of understand that and get that set up, you are really going to be setting yourself up for much more success. But it changes year to year, right? The deductions, yeah. everything is just constantly changing. So for most of us, we need that tax professional to keep us updated, um, to keep us organized, keep us honest. Um, and even then, you know, it's still your responsibility as the business owner to review that that tax filing, everything that they're doing. Ultimately, it's your responsibility mm -hmm. to make sure you're double checking mm -hmm. their work. If they make an error, it can come back on you. So you do need to be involved and you do need to understand um, the basics of, of taxes when it comes to your business. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. 
Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. We have so many insurance agency owners that get mad at their clients for shopping or leaving them to go online to where, and their number one thing is, Laura, is, well, don't they realize they need an agent? But yet at the end of the year, they're always asking people what turbo tax program they should use <laughs> in order to do their own taxes. And you're like, there's nothing more complicated than taxes. I mean, insurance is, is complicated, but it doesn't change every year. You know what I mean? It, it's pretty much the same it was for the last 20 years with minor differences. Taxes are changing sometimes per session of Congress, you know, and it's like, it's like, wow. So um, you are right about that. Need need the tax uh, professional, really, truly do. And and understanding, you said it before, delegation. And, and, and delegation internally as well, right? Now, a lot of times, 70% of the independent insurance agencies out there are around five to seven, seven, five to seven people or less, okay? So we're talking about a smaller thing. So a lot of times, that agency owner right now is wearing all those hats, and to be honest with you, that's just part of owning a business, right? Um, you wouldn't believe how many people come to us when they're trying to insure their business. And I'll say, hey, um, so what's your gross expected sales? I don't know. Uh, and it's like, well, okay, well, okay, well, maybe you don't know. And that's understandable. Well, so what's your payroll? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to need like three people. And it's like, do you have a business plan and what's going on? And I don't think a lot of, I think that's something when in all industries, you know what I mean? Uh, let alone just the insurance alone. Yeah, no, starting a business is challenging. And truly, uh, being able to estimate, um, it, it's it's a guessing game. You don't know what's going to happen down the road, but we have mm -hmm. to do our best to plan um, the best way possible. And so that means getting good advice from professionals. That means maybe uh, working with mentors who have gone before you and, and have the information um, that can help you plan accordingly. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways to get there. But the bottom line is if you don't have plans and you don't have a goal, you don't have anything to work toward. And if you don't meet that goal, that's okay. But you, you do need to have something there to work toward and at least, you know, have some, some metrics to measure along the way. Um, you can't change what you don't measure. So that mm -hmm. is the name of the game in business, figuring out uh, what are the key things that you should be measuring, um, you know, and that's going to change for different industries. You don't want to measure everything because that'll really bog you down with paperwork and, and, you know, reporting. But if you can figure out what are maybe three key metrics that I want to measure and really watch those carefully, then you can have a baseline and make sure that either every month or every quarter, you're making some progress on those key metrics. Or if you're not getting to the core reason of why, you know, why are sales down? Why are, uh, you know, conversion rates down? Whatever it is that you are, are wanting to measure for your business. Um, why are expenses up? You know, certainly looking at expenses and keeping an eye on those are also key. So figuring out a few metrics and an accountant 
can certainly help you with that. Um, and also thinking about as you bring on team members, what are you doing to make sure that they're going to stay with you? Turnover mm. is very expensive in business, right? Getting people mm. up to speed, training, uh, all of that is is yeah. very costly. So what can you do to invest in your people? Make sure they're happy. Make sure they feel well compensated, appreciated. Um, you're giving them some benefits. doesn't have to be super expensive, but you're being competitive at least with other companies that are, are similar mm -hmm. to yours. That's going to go a long way to make sure your people feel appreciated and they'll stay with you. So not only is there like the economy of solopreneur, as you were talking about with your book, what was the name of it again? Money Just, Smart Solopreneur. And it also does address small businesses. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a good read for anybody who's starting out in business. Well, and, and to get and get and to, to dissect that solopreneur for a minute, I think we're getting ready to see an explosion bigger than we have now. Um, and the the you know, the, 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 what do they call it? The gig society? The, is right. That gig, gig economy, sharing gig economy, economy, all of that. Yes. Yeah. All that stuff. Right. But here's the biggest thing I think, Laura, is that 65 to 70% of the people live within 50 uh, miles of the coast. So that means we have a lot that are still interior or in, in, in uh, the middle. So I'm in Southern Illinois. And I'm in a town of around 20,000 people. And the next closest town to me is around 15,000 people. And it's a good, you know, 20 miles, nothing but cornfields and pigs, right, in between us. Our town is around three miles by four miles in a circle. Okay, I'm telling you this for a reason. Whenever I get to the, to the city limits, if I go a half mile, there's no more um, high-speed internet. Keep in mind, I can drive 10 miles this way and see the arch. I can drive six miles that way and we don't have high-speed internet. And it's like, think of the explosion. That's some of the good stuff that's coming from this infrastructure plan that Biden has. We're not going to get into that, but there are good in everything. And, and that is some of the stuff is we need to have a nationwide um, internet. And can you imagine the solopreneurs that will explode that right now are still on, dee, 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 you know, or they're getting satellite and it takes five minutes to download a picture? You know, I think your book is going to be more relevant in five years than it actually is today. And that's that's one of the things I wrote a best selling book and you, you, you kind of worry about the fact you put your whole heart into it. And it kind of every, every year that goes by, it's, you know, kind of learned practice. But I think yours is going to be even bigger in the future. You've thought, have you thought about that? Absolutely. Yeah, it is something that is uh, exploding now. It's going to continue exploding, as you mentioned, when the, the internet is more widely available. Um, it is going to make a huge difference. I think the pandemic um, really caused a lot of folks to you know, reconsider their career. Maybe they were out of work and they thought, wow, you know, I'm going to just, this is the time. I'm going to become um, a, a gig worker. I'm going to mm -hmm. use apps. I'm going to get into a new career. I'm going to get you know, whatever, a real estate license or do mm -hmm. different things. So people have really reconsidered their career um, and have looked at what are the opportunities? And a lot of people have said, hey, I love working from home. I want to continue doing that. Mm -hmm. And if I can't do it for my current company, maybe this is the time to make the leap to self-employment mm -hmm. so that I have more control over my time, my schedule, and I, I have that freedom that I've been enjoying this this past year. So yeah, I do think we're just 
our landscape for careers and, and business is really in a transition right now. So Laura, we um, we saw it last year with the pandemic. We at Pod Squad right now we edit and produce over twenty three podcasts. At at as of May seventh, I'm sorry, March seventh of twenty twenty, we didn't even have Pod Squad. But it was amazing the businesses that were like, "Hey, I'm I'm kind of slow right now." And you know what's amazing is a lot of businesses always say, I don't have enough time to do this. And we and consultants and everybody get on to them and go, well, you really do. You're just not prioritizing it. I actually learned during pandemic that people really didn't have any time because now that they had time, they were actually doing things. It was like, hey, I'm starting a podcast. Hey, I'm going to start a blogging thing. Hey, we're going to start doing more video, you know, and it was and, and, and they're still doing it. And to this day, so it's those little side effects that happen because of the pandemic, which once again goes into a solopreneur. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to leave their company. Right. A very um, Billy Williams, who I was telling about earlier, who has a, a, a doctorate in finance, told me he said, your job should either be your passion or should fund your passion. And I like that, right? Yeah. So, so some of the solopreneur could actually be our passion that we can actually do now. You know, that wasn't necessarily easy to do 10 years ago or five years ago even. So yeah, there's stuff. the technology has made it so much easier. And as we said, it's going to get better for those folks that are kind of on the margins of uh, of the high speed Internet. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it will. It I will. think it's a good and then point. Think of it, think, and then think of this way, Laura, go one step further when Elon gets done in two to three years and you have worldwide Internet, someone in the Sahara Desert, if they have the phone or whatever that is, they could literally get on Internet high speed. How does that change the commercial world? You know, I mean, it really I mean, just exciting times. Me and my buddy say it all the time. There's some crazy stuff going on in the world, crazy stuff going on in America. Paul Harvey said in times like these, always remember There have always been times like these. And so I just kind of remember that. But at the end of the day, I say this is the greatest time to ever live right now. So much opportunity, so much freedom, you know, so much creativity um, that's out there. Thoughts as we wrap this up? Go ahead. Laura, yeah. Thoughts as we wrap this up? Yeah, I think that um, your point that online world and, and especially for insurance is taking off there are also always going to be people that want to work with people in person, right? So we can't, right. we can't forget those people. You know, my parents are, are in that demographic. And certainly I know young people as well that like that relationship, that one-to-one, person-to-person. I want to sit down with somebody and have a conversation or go out to coffee and talk about things. And they feel most comfortable that way. So even though I work with usinsuranceagents.com, an online insurance aggregator, that's just one way that folks are going to find their insurance quotes, right? Mm -hmm. There is a place for that. And there's also a place for picking up the phone, talking with your representative, having a meeting. So I think we really do need to realize that people want to be met in different places. And um, we need to make sure that we don't we don't forget that um, and, and helping people find the products that they need. You're right, Laura. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, so, Laura, I appreciate you coming on and sharing some of your information with us. I think we talked about a couple things. I always like to make sure we talked about things we didn't talk before about on podcasts. You know how it is. Sometimes 
you can sometimes get into the same uh, conversations because it's different guests. So it's new to them, but it's sometimes the same to the audience. And today I think we gave some nuggets. So I get definitely appreciate it. Like I said, though, um, you, you kind of wrapped it up well. Anything else that you want to say before I get into our last two questions and wrap it up? Oh, no. That's, let's All do right. it. All right, let's do it. So these ones get a little bit more personal, which is fine because leaders are readers and readers are leaders. And I know you're a leader. You must be a reader. What are you reading? Oh, man. Right now I'm reading The Practice by Seth Godin. Um, Ooh, yeah, so that's a, that's a great one. I, I have it on audiobook, and then a friend actually gave me the book recently. So I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth between the audio and the actual book. Good stuff. It's very good. I'm just starting it, and um, he's a he's a just a you know classic marketing mm-hmm. leader. So if anybody is struggling with marketing and getting getting the word out for your business, I can't recommend that enough. You know, and he is a classic example of consistency. What is it? Since like 2004 or three or two or five, he's written like uh, a post every day. I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, you've got over 600 podcasts and so do I, and we think that's an accomplishment. We're still barely at the beginning of this thing. But anyways, I um, I do. And then last, maybe you have a boo and you watch Hulu spending your time on Amazon Prime, or maybe you get your kicks on Netflix. What do you watch and what's your show right now? Oh, man, I love Netflix and series. Right now, I am watching The Sons of Sam about the all the murders in New York so I'm a big crew you know crew tr- crime fan and and have and kind of gotten into that with Netflix but yeah there're just so many great shows another one on uh, PBS is Atlantic Crossing which is about uh, the the World War II and Nazi invasion in Europe and just a great great story about the relationship mm. with FDR back then so those are the things that I've been watching and um, mm. that's kind of how I unwind at the end of the day one of these days I'm gonna meet you in person we're gonna have a cold refreshing beverage and we could just geek out on a lot of stuff I'm telling you there's a lot of similarity here uh, I have less hair But there's a lot of similarity here. I'm telling you that right now. Laura, thank you very much for your time. Jason, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for everything you do for out there, you know, with NBC and everybody trying to get the word out there because one of the biggest things we have is financial. Um, they call it financial literacy, right? We teach people. Um, I heard it said, Ooh, rich dad, poor dad. I heard him say this was pretty good to me. And, and loyal listeners, as I wrap up, we, I want to say this to you is that words are created to tell stories that help you understand life. Numbers are meant to tell stories that teach you how to manage money. It's really that simple. You know, Laura, until I read that book, I had never known that. I had seen words as just words that told stories about telling, explaining how life works, right? But I had never thought of a number being in that same thought pattern as to what telling the story of that. And that was really, really big to me when, as soon as I read that, I, so a lot of people have read poor dad, rich dad. I'm one of those people that when everybody tells me to read a book, I don't read it until later. Cause I want to read it after the hype's over. Um, and I read that in the last year and it's something that I, I really, uh, I taught my son that, that my son, my son's, I have another, I have a 15 year old, um, versus a 22 year old. So and you get to uh, the things that I see that I did wrong with the first one. I'm trying to correct with the second one. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. So, uh, Laura, thank you very, very much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. It's been my pleasure.
people want to find you, they can find you on LinkedIn out there. Absolutely. Find me on LinkedIn. Laura Adams. usinsuranceagents.com, uh, on all the social medias. Love to connect. Fantastic. I appreciate your time. I really, truly do. And I want to, rem- want to remind everybody, I do what I do because I do it for you. Tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast. She's Adam, not John Adam's daughter, and I'm Cass. We're out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.